Hey, welcome back to Across the Pond, Premier League podcast hosted by Americans. Today you have Jacob, Miles, and myself uh, coming to you live from a snowy Portland. I was telling Miles, Jacob, right before we joined that we had a record high snow in Portland. Second, or it's not, well, not the record, but second highest snowfall of all time. And I live on a super hilly road. And so yeah. I wasn't able to even move my car till like three days after this. But people were, the, I, saw, uh, I saw people stuck walking up the hill, the highway. People were sliding, getting other cars, walking on the highways. It was, it was, it was like the wild west, like the last. How many inches? Kind of times, like a foot. Not even, not that high. But the problem hmm. is, no one plows here, and no one salts. So, when you don't plow on salt, you can't drive anywhere. Then it just freezes over and ties. Wonder plows, and I know Manchester United's have fans have been salty, so. Maybe both of those are taken care of in, in Portland, but that's that's interesting because it's eighty degrees here. It is that's crazy, exceedingly nice. Yeah. Mm. Well, Miles is expecting snow tonight, isn't that right, Miles? That's right. I already saw some salt on the ground, so maybe it's uh maybe Jacob, maybe there's some leftover salt. Also, so people are preparing, but you know, it's not th- things aren't like they used to be, Jacob. You know, winters aren't what they used to be. But some things are getting back to, Shay might say, some things are getting back to the way they used to be. I mean, look, for us, Liverpool were the way, on top. The way they ought to be. The way they ought to be. <laughs> the way they ought to be. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen some, some things about that. Shay's been very quiet. Um, probably doesn't want to get too excited. But, you know, Man United, back to winning ways. This is something we were used to when I started watching Premier League. Um, so, Shay, I know you're happy. You know, so we all know you got a birthday coming up too. So it seems like a couple presents coming along your way. Yeah, celebrations coming early. Um, no better early celebration than Manchester United winning the Carabao Cup. It still feels weird saying that, but Carabao Cup final against Newcastle United, two uh, top four teams, well, until recently at least. But that was the first birthday gift. The second best birthday gift was Marcus Rashford scoring. Um, and then the third birthday gift would be the, like I said last week on the pod, the four trophies that Manchester United are going to win this season. So Carabao, then we have the EFL Cup, and then we have the Europa Cup, and then maybe a Premier League? Maybe? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because when we started doing this podcast, Shay refused to acknowledge the League Cup as, as a cup. It just wasn't a trophy. It wasn't, it wasn't something that a club of his stature should care about. It wasn't anything we should even dignify on the podcast talking about. Oh, a team wins the League Cup. But here we are, almost a decade later. Shay is wiser, more desperate for trophies. And now it counts. I, I love how we've yeah. come full circle. And sorry, not EFL Cup, FA Cup is what we have a chance of winning also. But yeah, of course. I mean, when things when things don't go your way, you got to appreciate the small wins. You know, then everything was going our way. So what is another League Cup? But when you don't have trophy in six years, this is the first trophy for Manchester United in six years. But A-10 Hawk well, broke the streak. Shay, don't forget about that 
ginormous oh, okay. trophy in Thailand, though. That, so we can't forget about that. That was the first trophy of Eric Ten Hag's reign, and that's probably the biggest trophy in terms of size they'll they'll they'll, they'll ever win. I mean, I don't think there's a bigger trophy around. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so my, Miles the first with one the hot take. Yeah, Miles with the hot take that we've always been discussing, and what mill for the rest of the time does size matter? And Shea gives us the definitive: no, it does not. League Cup may be mighty, but it, but it counts all the same. It counts all the same. Counts all the same. But yeah, gentlemen, uh, I, I I like that you're making jokes because your team was not in the final. <laughs> um, but let's get to the let's get to the game. What do you think about the game? We saw United have a two zero victory over Newcastle. Um, fairly entertaining game. Marcus Rashford scored again, it, which is funny because I thought it was actually an own goal, but then it looks like they changed it back to Rashford goal. But uh, what were your thoughts on the game? I kind of just thought it was sort of average, nothing remarkable. You know, not the best final I've, I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, Manchester United played well enough to win and they did what was required. They put the ball in the net and Newcastle wasn't able to. Um, I, I think kind of a, a takeaway that I have is that you know Newcastle really, if they want to continue to be in finals and have these opportunities again, are going to need to reinforce the bench. Because other than Isak coming off, there wasn't anyone else who could really change the game. And, you know, to that point, ASM looked kind of a shadow of himself, was really dangerous in the first half, and went directly at Delo and got him carded. But he, he kind of sometimes just looked, you know, just like without, without purpose out there or, or great running and, and moves, but no end product, you know, not committing challenges or taking it to the next level. So absent that, I mean, Manchester United did a great job, but Newcastle just did not have enough to threaten. And at the moment, same goes for Callum Wilson. I just don't know kind of where he's going to get his next goal. Yeah, I, I completely with that, agree with that, Jacob. I mean, just look at the difference in the qualities of the substitutions. Um, Agreed. After Isaac, there's, you know, Matt Ritchie coming on, Jacob Murphy, Joe Willock. These players are strong, but not Matt Ritchie, but <laughs> Jacob Murphy and Joe Willock. These are potential players, pretty solid, but nothing compared to the type of bench that Man United has, um, you know, with the likes of Jaden Sancho, obviously Sabitzer, you know, even Harry Maguire. Let's give it up, you know, World Cup international players. So I agree. The, the bench is weak for Newcastle, but, um, I thought the game was pretty even. And and if you look at the stats, the stats actually kind of point mainly to Newcastle's way, which just shows how resilient Man U was. You know, they had less possession, less passes, um, fewer shots on goal as well, but they still, you know, held out. And I thought did a, a great job defensively um, against the likes of Almiron, Maximin. I'm glad you pointed him out, Jacob, because... I thought he looked dangerous, but I thought I think he's his own worst enemy. Honestly, this guy, I think he plays faster than his mind because <laughs> there were several wayward passes or, or miscontrols that I, I just left me confused when you're really trying to go at it in the game. So, yeah, full credit to Man U. Um, th- that was a lovely first goal, and they held out. Rashford's on fire. Anything he, he Every time he's on the ball, he looks great. So, Shay, I'm curious to hear. How, how you thought, you know, were you excited the whole time? Did you think United was going to pull it off from the beginning? Well, I did. Cause I said last week they would, but that's just because I kind of had to think they were going to pull it off. I thought it was a good game. I mean, I think <laughs> Newcastle looked good in moments. I say Maxman, it's good to see him back. You know, he was out for so long um, and he played really well. Um, I thought 
Cares didn't look too bad to your to your text, Jacob. But I thought I really liked United going forward. I thought it was nice. Vekers had a nice shot on goal. It was good to see him be a little more active and be so excited when uh, Rashford scored. But this is a this is a good lineup. This is the lineup I like. I mean, maybe minus Vekers. I like this lineup. I like I like this rotation of players. I think Casemiro in the game is. I mean, I I know when we first made that move, there were some haters on it, but he is so pivotal to allowing Bruno to really be his true self. Luke Shaw looks phenomenal. I I was excited from start to finish. Um, And a lot of action to your point, Miles, even though the score is kind of low, there's a lot of action from both ends. Yeah, Shay. I mean, I wasn't necessarily a Casemiro hater. I just thought that the signing for somebody of his age and profile maybe didn't make the most sense for longevity, that it just sort of smacked of maybe some short-termism, but he, he's been one of the, I mean, arguably he's after Rashford, he's the best player of the season, maybe even the most important player. Cause as you said, he puts the foundation there so that they can build and that Rashford and Bruno can play so freely. Yeah. But he, he's been excellent. And I, I think he's probably pushing for a place in the, you know, the season's not done yet, but the Premier league 11 of the season, just given, you know, what their record is and how their performances look without him. Yeah, completely agreed. And one thing, sorry, one thing I wanted to add too is I don't did you feel like the tacking was super sharp that game? I just I saw people going into dives and slide tackles that just was so effective. Like that one by Aaron Wamsaka, which is more or less his style. That's like the one thing he does do. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised there. But it just looks like a different level of hunger um that I haven't seen from United in a while. Maybe I'm fanboying, but I was just really I was really proud of the way they played. I thought it was really good. Not only to get a shutout. Despite not having majority of possession, like you said, Miles Rashford scoring, but also just looking hungry um, to get a trophy. Yeah, and I mean, full credit to them. They've been Man U has been on fire since really pretty much since that Brentford game um, at the beginning of the season. They've been on on the up and up, and I think this is a great moment for the players, particularly you know players like Rashford. And and Casemiro, you know, talking about these players who've been on been hot since the World Cup, um, Shaw as well, particularly to get and Martinez, particularly to get this trophy as you know a reward for all their hard work and really you know sending a statement coming off the back of you know a very tough schedule. Manu has played a lot of games um, the last couple of weeks. You know they just played Barcelona twice. Also, you know getting that win over Barcelona, who are top of La Liga right now. Um, obviously, you know. A, a huge club. So uh, the vibes and man, you must be very high right now. And Shay, I know you're talking about quadruple. I know you're, you're part joking, but maybe, you know, maybe we should be taking it seriously. I mean, momentum is a factor here and you know, Jacob, seriously, yeah. well, I don't think we can take it seriously because there's nothing to indicate that Arsenal or Man City are, are abating. You know, there was some mutually assured destruction in their matches against one another. But, you know, other than that, you know, Arsenal pitched a near flawless, probably one of the most comfortable 1-0 victories I think I've ever seen, you know, where the other team has just no no threat. And, you know, Man City really putting Bournemouth to the sword, looking, you know, back to their lethal self against teams that they should be beating up on. So I'm not really sure that, Manchester United are in the conversation for the Premier League title because it's going to take not one but two giant banana skins from each of those teams. And if Manchester United, you know, who are in both the FA Cup and the Europa League continuing to push, again, they don't have the squad for that. 
And, you know, they're, they're one rash for injury away, which he came up, came up early against uh, Barcelona. And he came off early in this match as well, I believe. Anyway, my point being is it's going to take something short of a miracle. Yeah, certainly. I mean, good point to the, to their squad depth. I mean, certainly they are very reliant on Rashford. And I think Anthony hasn't really come on, been lived up to the potential that I think was the hype around him when he was first signed. I mean, he's definitely doing lots of lots of tricks. Lots of there was that one little trick he did where he like flicked, mm-hmm, flicked mm-hmm. the ball up. I know Shay flicked the ball he, up. Yeah, and then he, he did the flip. <laughs> the thing about it is that I like seeing it, but it's just like for what purpose? Like he's just doing it just because he wants to do it. It's not to actually make a move. Yeah. He didn't even try and like make separation with the defender afterwards. He just did the flick. He passed it, yeah. He passed it away. But I love yeah. it. I love it. He's a. Hey, that's 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 more of what we need in the game of football. Honestly, I feel like you know Alex say Maximin on one side, Anthony on the other side, both trying to do flurry, you know, magic. That's good. It's good for the game. It's good for the game. You obviously both don't sound as excited as I am about the trophy, so maybe we can move on from it. But I will say that that was a that was a game of two. Heavyweights. I mean, Newcastle again is fifth place, I believe, right now, but they were fourth, third for most of the season. So they can't be considered out of the top four for the rest of the season. Um, but if we look at that and transition into the Premier League, um, there were some other good fixtures from this past weekend. You said Jacob Arsenal beat Leicester 1 nothing, City beat Bournemouth 4 1, and then the Tottenham Chelsea game, which I would want to say is a battle of two giants, but really is a battle of a Mini giant versus nothing. <laughs> what do you call Chelsea? That they're not really anything. Um, but that I mean, but great performance by Tottenham to really thrash Chelsea. Yeah, I I mentioned last week that this was going to be a snoozer of a game. Uh, I don't think it was so much a snoozer, but it wasn't great. To your point, Che. I mean, this this was a match in the past that you know I'm thinking of. Um, Conte, Pochettino, Mourinho, Pochettino, you know, Mourinho, Conte, you know, like different, different um, configurations of, of high quality ma- managers there. Conte um, Tuchel. Don't let's not yeah, forget yeah, earlier yeah, in Conte, the season. Tuchel. Ah, yeah, absolutely. That was the a handshake. very fiery. Oh, I completely forgot about that, Jacob. You're absolutely right. That was a fiery match. And I think, you know, that's crazy to think about that. That was this season because compared to the energy in that game to this game to completely different squads i mean um chelsea just do not look very good at all um they look like they're out of ideas that they, they can't score i guess they're finding their way but you know spurs definitely looked very solid um not particularly anything i would i would re- like anything remarkable about them just just very solid that skip goal was pretty wild um for for a guy who you know, doesn't feature off often. So good for him to get, get a banger in. Yeah. I thought the game was better than you would suggest. I thought it had tons of, tons of passion. The, the flares with Ziyech, you know, um, uh, you know, Emerson kind of the, the shithousery there. It had, uh, it had Richarlison being his normal self. I actually really in, enjoyed the match, um, but kind of, you know, I guess, Miles, you talked about this could have been Potter's, you know, end of being. But I'm just wondering who his Dobby is in that dressing room, who is looking out for Mr. Potter. 
because there's no one there. You know, he's he, he's a potter without his dobby, and we know that those, you know, a potter without a dobby cannot stand. So, I think he's still on very thin ice. I mean, the board has said that they are going to back him, but I just can't see how that's going to be the case because they just look like a team without a, a, a plan. He, he he he, and he has what's going on is what I would call the reverse clop. He doesn't know his best team and he doesn't know how he wants to play. So he's making you know dozens and dozens of changes week in, uh, week in, week out to find the right lineup versus Klopp is, is the reverse, right? He gets the same results, but makes, you know, minimal changes to the lineups and keeps rolling out the same formation and same style and same players. So again, I just think something sooner or later will have to give here. Yeah, for those who don't know what Jake was referring to, Dobby is the elf in Harry Potter who was looking out for Harry, right? I mean, he was looking out for a bunch of people at the end, but Harry particularly. So he's looking out for Grand Potter. Some stats on Grand Potter in Chelsea, which we always say every week, but just want to make it you know a little more tangible. $356 million spent in January. Uh, winless in the month of February. Zero wins in the last 11 competitions. My dog just watched him say hi, Baloo. Uh, four Scored goals to 14 conceded, and then two wins in the last 16 games for Grand Potter. How do we feel? How how would you react to, to those stats, gentlemen? Wow, you really put it in context there, Shay. I mean, looking at the table and 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 watching their performances recently, you, you knew it was bad, but those stats are pretty dire. I mean, the fact that they have brought in players like Joao Felix, Aubameyang, even if he is kind of washed up. Um, Sterling, you know, even though that wasn't a, a Potter signing. Um, these are all, and uh, Mudrik, obviously, these are all attacking players who would be probably balling on any other team, uh, in my opinion, getting goals. So the fact that they've only scored four goals, I think, is is a pre- pretty dire stat for, for a team with that much attacking power right now. Jacob, what do you make of that? the facts and figures Shay, Shay is providing for us. Uh, he is brightenifying Chelsea. I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, didn't like Mope win 12 games without a goal or something earlier this year. I mean, Brighton famously didn't score a lot of goals, but they were very solid at the back. I, I, I don't, I don't really know. The stats don't look, don't look good, but I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this is maybe the first league game and gosh, I don't know since well before the world cup that James and um, Chilwell have started. I mean, they're so important. You know, Tiago Silva is still important there. I mean, he's, I think came off injured, but yeah, it's, it's not going well. And, you know, I don't, I just don't know how else to diagnose the problem, but you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, is it, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think of managers who are out, out there that would come back to Chelsea, you know, who's available right now, who can manage players of the, of these egos of these statures and maybe get the most out of them. And, you know, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but maybe it's fair to speculate that, you know, working with a cast of characters, this high profile is just something that he's not used to, or perhaps the players aren't responding to him. Uh, maybe all, all of the above are possible, but it just doesn't strike me as Todd Bowley being uh, too, too patient. Uh, yeah, all the above are possible. Uh, and then we have Conte coming back too. He's started practicing again, which is great to see. I mean, he's a huge player, um, along with Thiago Silver, two significant players. So you can't underestimate the value of one. You know, as you said, Rashford has been really changed United stars, but 
I mean, to think that they're only 10 points away from relegation, right? And then what, close to Crystal Palace and non force in that 12th and 13th spot. Yeah, things are looking pretty scary. On the other hand, Tottenham doing their best to keep Newcastle at bay. Uh, Newcastle, we know they lost to United recently in the, in the Carabao Cup, but they've also lost their last Premier League game and tied the last three before that. So I'm interested to see how this fourth place shakes up. Would you say that the top three is solidified? Knowing that we have about 10 to, no, a little more than 10. We have like 12 to 14 games left in the season. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say, Shay. I mean, Spurs have have been hot and cold this season and still also look like they've been finding their form. Keep in mind, Conte, you know, Spurs actually look better when Conte is not <laughs> when Conte is not on the side of the pitch. So, you know, maybe maybe they'll have a different form when he comes back. But I think that's fair to say that, you know, Arsenal, Man City, Man United w- will finish top three in some configuration. Um, but Shay, don't look. D- d- you're glossing over the fact that Liverpool are in a Europe league spot right now. So let's not, you know, push out the case that the fourth spot is still open for many teams vying for that position. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We do know that Messi United and Liverpool play each other um, less than a week from today. So we'll see if that fourth spot is still a possibility for Liverpool or not. Uh, German, what are the games from the weekend? Would you want to highlight for, for the listeners, what else caught your eye? Um, Jacob, you said that Arsenal put together one of the best performances for a 1-0 game that you've seen. I thought that was quite interesting. Liverpool, tying Crystal Palace. Miles, you talked about they may won that fourth place <laughs> spot. It doesn't really look like it when you tie Crystal Palace 0-0. But what else caught your eye? There's nothing to be said there. Yeah. It caught my eye because I wasted my time watching it. That's the only reason it caught my eye. Yeah, it, that was a terrible game. No pattern to play. Trent Alexander-Arnold, just terrible defense. I mean, it's it's sometimes it's, it's, it's unwatchable. Um, but what else caught my eye? I think uh, the fact that West Ham scored four goals, and if, um, you know that is a remarkable sight, and is enough to keep David Moyes, you know, probably in, in, in a job there. But really love Danny Danny Ings, and there's a player that. You know, he's sort of really unfortunate because of injuries that he couldn't uh, have had sort of the career at Liverpool that that might have been uh, just, you know, it might have been something really special given his instincts for goal. He has a real eye, a nose. He gets in all the right positions. And, you know, sometimes he's the type of player right now at Liverpool where you just want someone to gamble and be in the right right spot at the right time. But I thought that was notable. And, De- you know, Declan Rice scoring is great. Yeah, I'm glad you called that out. I'm glad you called that out, Jacob. We've been giving West Ham a lot of shit on the podcast. Danny Yang's a double with Declan Rice, Mikel Antonio. Welcome back to the world. Um, I don't know where you've been, but nice to see you on the score sheet. And we're talking about Nottingham Forest team, which we just highlighted is in 13th place. But before their last three, where they've had two losses and one draw, uh, were in the top 10. And Miles was talking about his new, potentially his new favorite team. So, <laughs> yeah, good win for David Moyes for real. Uh, the pressure's off him for one week. And on Grand Potter. Miles, what game, what are the games caught you and caught your eye from this past weekend? Yeah, you know, it would have to be the other, I think, scrappy relegation fight between Leeds and Southampton, Leeds getting a one-nil win, being resolute, you know, seeing the two Americans there in the in the midfield is it's nice to see. And you could see what it meant to the team at the end of that. I mean, now they've moved up to 
just out of relegation drop zone. They're still in the relegation battle into 17th place um, with 22 points. And things are really competitive down there. I mean, Everton getting a loss also. Um, all three teams, Everton, Bournemouth, and Southampton, all losing. So, you know, this, I think we're going to see teams drop in and out um, between the end of the season. It's going to be really tight. So, so good for Leeds to get a win. That was their first win in their last uh, five games. So really important, especially, you know, given the turmoil there um, with their manager and such. So that would be my pick. Big, 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 big three points for Leeds. Um, and yeah, things shaking up at the bottom. Yes, indeed. Speaking of the bottom, let's give a rundown of that. Everton is rounding up the bottom at the bottom with 21 points tied with Bournemouth, also 21 points, and Southampton 18 points. All three teams had a loss this past match week, which is not a surprise, but all three teams had a win the previous match week. Um, and then if we look at upcoming fixtures, we have... As mentioned, Manchester United playing Liverpool on Sunday. We have Chelsea versus Leeds. Could be a good game for Leeds. Man City versus Newcastle. Even as early as this Wednesday, Arsenal versus Everton. Gentlemen, what game are you looking forward to? Um, and what do you think there will be a shocker this upcoming match weekend? Uh I am looking forward to the Liverpool Man United game, but I, I think it's going to be a hard game to watch as a Liverpool fan. I mean, Man U are just in such good form. Liverpool are look so dire. Plus the fact that it seems like Darwin Nunez, who starting to find form is going to be out for a while. So that will be a rough game for Liverpool fans. Good thing. It's at Anfield. So that's I think the only saving grace that that might help Liverpool get a result there. Yeah, and off the back of the cup, you know, maybe there's some sort of mental lapse or letdown that might create a vulnerability for Liverpool to to sneak in there. But uh, yeah, no Shay, I think you brought up some some good things there. I just want to go back to the bottom of the table in Everton and just say they have a really tough run of matches coming up, uh, you know, to look forward to next month and and this month as well. So just have to see what happens there. <laughs> And, and then, you know, spare thought for Ollie Watkins, who is really on fire and great goal scoring form. Love it. Love it. Uh, before we end the pod, I want to share some FIFA awards. We just had the FIFA awards announced today. Uh, Miles wanted to give some shout outs to some of his Argentinian brothers, brethren. Uh, we both had on the Argentina front, Lionel Messi winning men's player of the year, along with Emmy Martinez, a guy who we love to hate more on the hate side for me lately than the, than the love winning goalkeeper of the year. Um, that's on the men's side. We had women's side, Alexia Patelis. Patelis? I'm, I'm saying that wrong, Mouse. Win women's player of the year. Um, and then Mary Earps winning goalkeeper of the year. And supporters. Uh, of Argentina winning fans of the year, which is also interesting. I, does that just correlate with who won the, wins the World Cup? I don't know. That's an interesting one to see, though. Any shocks there? Any surprises? No, I will say they are pretty wild fans. We all saw the the videos coming out of post-World Cup, but 
they are pretty wild fans in general, even at club level. But I think, Shay, one thing we should highlight before uh, we go is the also the Thief, Thief Pro World 11 um, was chosen. Um, and some interesting choices there, interesting formation, just because there's so many attacking players, like how do you even choose? And we have a number of Premier League players in there, including, um, you know, my personal favorite, Erling Holland. We got De Bruyne. We got Van Dyke in there, as well as Casemiro. I think Casemiro is an interesting choice, probably given the fact that, you know, both his recent form and then also um, form for Brazil and Champions League. But I thought that was an interesting pick to have there. Former Premier League player, Joao Cancelo getting in there. I don't know if he... I don't know if he'll be back, but we'll have to see. So any thoughts on the the 11? We also have Hakimi in there, Courtois, uh, Modric, Messi, and Benzema, and Shea's boy Mbappe. Swap. One of the players in there with the Premier League player who has been on form. Yeah, Rashford. Yeah, no, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Easy. No, but I mean, it's, I mean, the starting 11 looked good to me. I, yeah, I mean... I'm surprised we saw so little Man City players. Yeah, who does Rashford get in over? Well, I guess Benzema on current form, but if you look at last year, yeah. Yeah, definitely not Vinicius. I don't know. I don't know. know. But, I mean, all makes sense. No surprise there. Glad Sadio Mane still still gets some recognition. He was sixth in the um, building. And honestly, I, I, the World Cup would have been crazy if it had him. That's a miss for all of us, unfortunately. Hopefully not his last. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Any last words for listeners as we go into um, another exciting match weekend? Give Shay all your love because this is this guy's birthday weekend coming up. You know, this guy, this guy is holding it down as our producer, host, editor music technician so you know make sure you give him some love on twitter <laughs> rate review and subscribe give us yeah. a nice uh, compliment yeah it's, I'm, yeah i definitely you know chris's job looks harder and harder every single week so we also miss chris but Maj, you saw chris i'm sure you had some yeah good i answer. saw chris yeah we have, I to say say... We, have, we have to have a chris dedicated episode for how much we we see him and talk about him on this podcast this guy looks like, you know how Graham Potter, we see the images of him now. It looks like he's aged like 50 years. I think Chris not being on the, the podcast, this man's skin is glowing. It's, he's looking fresh. He's, he's got, he looks like he's, he's, he's just, you know, in great shape. He's young, he's youthful, he's spry. So Shay, I, you know, I don't know if this is what, what it takes taking on the, the podcast, but we can sympathize a little bit. Got it. So he's gone the opposite way. So he's, He's Benjamin yeah. Button in this situation. Oh, yeah. He's Benjamin Button. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I love it. He's Jacob less not, crabby, more friendly. Jacob is not entertained. He's not entertained. He has no reaction, no words. Uh, no words. So, okay. Appreciate it, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure as always. We'll catch you. We're going to get this out soon, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.